forever ready Recognize the city of champs Boston, baby, we do what you can't Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams Of course the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline Raining J's, how it started, raising banners How we finished, locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners B Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, your first listen every day. Lockdown Celtics free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Available on YouTube, so make sure you're watching the show there. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. You can buy that anywhere books are sold. Go to my website, johncorrales.com, for a signed copy for 30 bucks. Makes a great gift. Today, I'm bringing in Keith Smith once again. Uh, you know him from Celtics blog and Spot Sport Track, and uh, he uh, joins every once in a while to add his perspective on the Celtics. So let's just dive into the conversation uh, on what we've seen from the Celtics so far. All right, Keith, um, good to have you back. First of all, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Uh, how's everything going? Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Yeah, everything's going going good. It was uh, nice to see the Celtics have a little bit of fun last night. I, I yeah, thought it was a big takeaway. Yeah, that's much needed, much needed dose of fun. Thank you, Joe Johnson. Uh, aside from Joe Johnson, I feel like the Celtics are basically the exact same spot that they were <laughs> last time we talked. Um, they are struggling to stay above 500. No real win streak to speak of. No, nothing. But I guess, I guess let's, let's, I think, maybe add a dose of reality here, right? Like December was always going to be rough. and. We have to, I think, just accept that, you know, we, we can't overreact to things that we knew going in were going to be tough. And we knew going in that, like, if they if they just get through this, just get through it right around 500, we'll be fine. I, I think in the midst of it, we want to go crazy. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I feel like just just kind of get through it. It's It's actually not as bad as it might look, all things considered. And get into January and see if you can put a streak together in January. Yeah, that's kind of it exactly. I think this team was, we've been saying for months now, like it was going to be tough. The schedule was very road heavy early on. And then December just looked like a murderer's row. And even some of the games that looked easy, like the Cleveland game last night, I know they won, but that that's all of a sudden a good team. And that, that didn't even look like that little island there where you could kind of get a rest in there. And now... COVID has messed everything up and who knows who will have who on available and who's going to play and what that'll look like. But yeah, the hope was get to the end of December, uh, get the team a little healthier, start uh, really taking off then and with a lighter schedule and see what it looks like in the second half. But you hit the nail on the head when you're in it. It's a little harder to, to get sorted and figure out and feel great about. And I think the other challenge comes is some of the losses were pretty bad especially towards the end of the road trip uh, where yeah. they just didn't look good. And th those ones are always a little bit harder to get beyond. That's that. And that is the tough thing because in the grand scheme of things, this, this pulled out view, you say, all right, look, December is what it is and, and all of that stuff. But in, in the midst of it, there is that Sixers game where you're like, you were up seven with four minutes to go. That's a game you should close out there. There are games in there where you should close them out. However, you know, if you had if you had Al Horford, 
then maybe that game would have gone differently, you know, and, and you're mm-hmm. relying on 40 minutes of NSK Friedman, who, by the way, is going into COVID <laughs> protocols himself. So uh, there's another one, but 40 minutes of him and you're still up seven with four minutes to go. Uh, and you don't have one of your key f- floor spacers in Grant Williams. Like all of the guys that have, have helped weren't there and you didn't have Rob, you know, as, as you know, you played that Ennis Cantor that much because you have Bruno Fernando backing him up and maybe five minutes of Bruno Fernando might've done a, a, a decent job, but who knows, who knows, who knows? Mm-hmm. So I think proper perspective. And I was saying this the other day and people don't like to hear this. People want you to be like, angry. <laughs> and it's, I, I can't bring myself to be that angry when half the team is out and your most used lineup is, is, is the second has the second least minutes playing together. And your mostly used lineup didn't even include Jalen Brown. Like yeah. that's how, how can you, how can you actually judge a team that that's, that's in the, in, in the midst of that? I'm I'm with you. I've been trying to say that all along, and then and I get it when people are like, "But yet, as you kind of said, you should have won the Philly game." Like, uh, so I fully understand. Like, I, I get where the frustration comes in, but trying to take a bigger picture look, this this team has not been what I think anybody expected. Now, you can say that about probably 20 teams in the league this year with just various absences and the like. And, and I also had somebody point out to me and they thankfully did it nicely over social media. <laughs> like uh, so many others, but was, are we in year like 10 of this team being down some, you know, major player and saying just when they get that guy back, like they'll finally take off. And there's some truth to that too. It feels like it's been that way every year, but yeah, I, I, I all along, as I, we all do it. It's harder to do in the NBA than it is in, say, the NFL or anything because of the more games and the length of this schedule. But you sit down and kind of map it out. And I felt like, all right, this seemed maybe a little bit above 500 as we hit the holidays. And then we'll see. They should really take off in the second half. And I felt like there was going to be a growing uh, pains in the beginning, just adjusting team Ayudoka, factoring in. And they've got a couple new rotation players. I know Al Horford was here before, but still he's new. He hasn't been here in a couple seasons. So it was going to take a little bit, a little while. And I think that's what makes some of those losses, those overtime losses, some of the ones where they probably should have closed the game out, those sting a little bit more because you you flip two or three of those and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, man, we're in second in the East and we're feeling pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still kind of, I don't want to say optimistic, but there's there's room here for these guys to uh, to grow. And so... I don't know, man. I, I I can't. I can't. I don't know what it is, man. I can't bring myself <laughs> to have that. Like everybody's everybody's losing their minds. Like I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, but I do think that this this uh, this stretch here, this December stretch, is giving Ime Doka um, a little dose of some unintended data points. Um, no. You, you know, you don't have half your regulars. You, you're forced to play some of these guys. And it's pretty clear that Pritchard with some confidence in playing time is good. Rob, I, I was saying this in the last segment of last night's podcast. Rob, by himself, at the top of the key with cutters, can can pick pick a defense apart, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like there are things that 
are evident. And Ime has his idea of this is how I want things to work. And I think sometimes we get married to our own ideas, right? I had a thought, this is how I want it to go. It's not going exactly like I thought it would, but I know if we just do this, hold on, let, let me just do it myself. I'll show you how it goes. Like that whole mentality. And you're so, so set in making that work that maybe possibly he's losing sight of, okay, what if I adjust? What if I do this? What if I, what if I do that? What do you think of that versus the, well, you got to play Dennis Schroeder to, to keep his trade value up. And part of why you got Dennis Schroeder is to get his trade value and, and, and move him by the deadline. Like what's the balance there? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think one of the things you, you hit on was the being married to your kind of what you came in with. And I think there is a sense of everybody screams and yells that double bigs doesn't work. And Horford and Williams isn't a good lineup together, even though the numbers generally tell us that's not true. And they've, they've been generally pretty good together. Um, but I think it's, if you're Ime Udoka, it's, well, I don't want to move away from it. Cause I haven't seen those two guys with Jalen Brown very much. So what does that look like when I, when I have my ideal lineup out there? I think, um, Hopefully he started to learn the lesson that the Schroeder smart pairing, not probably great as a starting group, um, especially if Rob's going to be your only big, because your spacing is just junk. Then you just, as you said, Rob can't pick out cutters because there's nobody cutting because there's no room to cut because you've got four guys all packed in and around the, the key. So I think that becomes, you know, really kind of, kind of tricky. So I think we saw him move off of that. Not that Romeo Lankford is this incredible floor spacer, but he's just different. And the fact that he'll move off the ball, in my opinion, he's the best cutter on the team. I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I think he, he's the one guy that you can see will read and look and dive to the rim and all sorts of other stuff that he does. Um, I think that's big. I think out of necessity, it's been a rediscovery of Peyton Pritchard. I brought up, so I brought this up in the, the somewhere else and they didn't, they didn't get it, but you're close to my age. Do you remember the movie from the eighties? One-on-one. Do you remember that basketball one movie? One. It was this uh, kid. He was like a small town high school star. Went off to like a big, I think it was supposed to be like UCLA type of school. And he just wasn't very good. Oh. And it turned into this big disaster. It's it's an absolutely terrible movie. Um, but <laughs> what happens at the end of this, and I'm going to spoil it because it's 40 years old probably at this point. Um, the kid is losing his scholarship. So he goes out and just plays like he did in high school and he makes all these crazy plays and everybody falls in love with him and they win this huge game. And I think the coach might get fired or something. It goes all crazy. Uh -huh. Why I'm bringing this up is when Peyton Pritchard got on the floor in Portland a couple weeks back, I felt like Peyton Pritchard basically said, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to do me. And if yeah. I piss a bunch of people off because I'm taking a bunch of three pointers and a blowout too bad, I'm doing my thing. And I think that relaunched him into feeling good and feeling confident. And I think that got him seeing some shots go down, got him back to being kind of that pesky. I'm going to get into guys on defense. I'm going to really challenge ball handlers. I'm going to do all the things he did as a rookie versus, all right, I got to play alongside this other small guard and I'm going to play off guys. And then I'm going to get picked on because of my size and all these other things. I think Aaron Neesmith last night, it was awesome to see. There was a play in the first half, came off a screen, took a couple dribbles and, and pulled up and hit a jump shot. Yep. That's not something we generally see him do very often. thought last night was Romeo Langford's best all-around game. 
that he's played all year. I thought he was really good offensively, and I thought his defense was incredible, especially guarding a lot of guys who were anywhere from six to eight inches taller than he is. I thought he was really good. So I think out of necessity, we've seen it rediscovered. Back for more with Keith in just a minute. First, I got to tell you about Truebill. You know why those free trials are free and they renew without your consent? Because businesses are scamming you. They want your money. And Truebill helps you identify and stop paying for those subscriptions. The ones you don't want, the ones you don't need, the ones you've just forgotten about. It happens to all of us. And on average, people save 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies make these things hard to cancel on purpose. Truebill makes it very simple. Link your accounts and Truebill cancels them with one tap. Truebill Concierge is there when you need them so they can cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. If I had had this the first time around, I wouldn't have been hit with hundreds of dollars in subscription fees that I had to go back and get myself. Truebill will do it for you. They have over 2 million users. They've helped them save over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now could save you thousands a year, truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. We're also brought to you by Built Bar, my favorite protein bar, the best protein bar on the market. You can go and grab yourself a Built Bar right now at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 every time you use it, every single time. Buy one box at a time if you want. 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. Keep going back. These would have made great stocking stuffers if you had gotten them. You, they make a fun little gift, fun to hand out to the kids, your nieces, your nephews, whomever. Uh, they're delicious, they're healthy, low, low in calories, low sugar, low net carbs, low fat, high in protein, tons of flavors. They're constantly adding new flavors. It's, uh, it's kind of incredible, all the different stuff that they've grown into. They're the official protein bar of NASCAR and the US track and field team. So check them out, Built Bar gives you that added boost when you need one, when you're in a pinch and you haven't been able to grab anything to eat. You have a Built Bar in your in your bag, pull it out, boom, that's gonna give you, it's gonna hold you over for a little while. It's great for that. After the gym, it's great to get protein into your body without blowing out all the cardio that you've done. Go to Built.com right now, use that promo code LOCK15, 15% off every time you use it at Built.com. Now, you mentioned Schroeder. Yeah, it's, it, it, I've been, I'm not a big fan of Dennis Schroeder's game. I, I openly admit that. I don't like guys who pound the ball into the ground a million times and then don't do anything until there's two or three seconds left on the shot clock. That's just, I don't like that kind of basketball. Um, the rolling the ball up thing drives me beyond insane. <laughs> I, can't, I hate it so much. Um, but Dennis Schroeder is probably the best player on this roster as far as breaking down a defense and getting by a guy off the bounce. Uh, Tatum and Brown don't do it consistently consistently because their handles aren't good enough. But Schroeder does it with regularity, generally creates something pretty good. But the reality is this guy was always a one-year option for the Celtics. And I think the hope was he's a one-year option who can lift us if, if everything breaks right into the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe he's still that guy. Maybe everything happens there. But I think you have to start looking at it as what changes if we give all those minutes to Peyton Pritchard and we don't play smart off the ball as often. We really kind of split point 48 minutes as the primary ball handler between smart and Pritchard, and that's where we go. Is this team a lot better? Probably not. Are they a lot worse? 
Also, probably not. They're probably about the same. But at least then you've got a guy who may be a part of the future developing. And the last thing I'll say with Pritchard especially is the fact that you got to guard this guy from 35 feet and in is huge. Because you see, he just opens up a lot of stuff out there that no one else on the roster opens up the floor the way he does. And that's 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 massive. I th- think he may have started to stumble into some stuff that I think we may see continue here moving forward that we may not have if, if uh, necessity hadn't forced his hand. I choose... I, I Okay, first of all, in life, generally, I try to be positive. I'm realistic about things. Um, but I, I don't, I don't like the, the pessimist, pessimistic view of things. So I, I tend to skew, my opinions tend to skew towards possibility and potential. And, you know, I, so anyway, I, I see this sudden COVID mess that the NBA is going through as a potential opportunity. There's always, mm-hmm. there's always opportunity in the bad things that happen somewhere. There's always a silver lining almost like, but most of the time you have this, that's going on with Pritchard Neesmith. I want to turn Neesmith down. Like I was saying yesterday in the podcast, I want to turn the volume down from like 12 <laughs> and the dial only goes to 10. So I want to take it from 12 back down to like 9.5 for, for him. He he does so many things that are like great in theory, but he is flying all over the place. I just want to just take it back a, a little bit, uh, which is which is fine. Which is fine. I'd rather have that than a guy where you're trying to pull things out of. It's easier mm-hmm. to dial things back. So that said, we have these opportunities here, and you're seeing Romeo Langford getting this opportunity and staying basically healthy minus like a little ankle sprain shit that happens to everybody everywhere. Um, every basketball player happened. And, and, and side note, the next time he like turns an ankle, I don't want people to go, Oh my God, yeah, he can't stay healthy. Like yeah. basketball players are going to sprain ankles. All right. Just leave it alone. Well, the last one was the worst one because he got elbowed in the head. Yeah. Like, that's not, he didn't do anything. That's not being fragile. He got elbowed oh. in the head. Right. <laughs> it's, you right. know, like, somebody not, jumped I mean, yeah. into the macho man elbow yeah. drop on top of his skull yeah. and he missed a couple of games. Like, that That stuff is going to happen yeah. in basketball. And and I'll go back to this. The last injury, and knock on wood, that I'm not jinxing him, he, he, he hasn't suffered a ma- an injury since. That, that wrist, he didn't suffer an injury last season. He's had like minor tweaks this season. So hopefully the worst of the luck is behind him. And we're seeing what he can do with this opportunity. He has value. And either it's value on the team or value in a trade market or whatever. The second thing that there's this silver lining here is Joe Johnson. I compared him to Mary Poppins coming, <laughs> floating in with his umbrella landing in front of the doorstep and I am here to care for your children and <laughs> taking care of them for a short amount of time. Kind of like, Oh, I'm going to make this tweak, this, this tweak, and maybe he'll sing a song in the locker room and then float on out and goodbye. <laughs> and that's it. I, I think the Joe Johnson thing is actually a big deal. And I don't know. I'd like to hear your perspective. You can p- feel free to tell me to calm down, but here's, here's my argument that, 
And I, I say this coming as like a former basketball player that wishes every day that I had one more run, you know, to, to, to be Joe Johnson. And he obviously keeps himself in shape. He obviously has been ready and waiting for this moment and, and said he was, the hopes were fading that it would come. Here he is on a 10 day contract, maybe his last 10 days in the NBA. It's almost like I know now I've got 10 days left or maybe a 20 or whatever. I'm really going to enjoy this moment. Mm -hmm. And you have a bunch of guys in this locker room who are young. They feel invincible. They feel like, ah, this game doesn't matter. Eh, this is okay. You know, I feel like their brains have been poisoned by Kyrie and Tristan Thompson talking about the regular season doesn't matter. And now here comes a bit of an antidote in Joe Johnson, who I think would have the perspective of, you know what? This stuff goes fast. I, it, I was in this building 20 years ago under Rick Pitino. Now I'm back. And that 20 years happened in a blink. So you guys might think you've got the whole world in front of you. Let me tell you something. One day you're going to wake up and basketball is going to be taken away from you. And you're going to be like, oh, damn, I wish I had appreciated that a little bit more. And maybe that dose of reality can kind of counteract the Tristan Thompson regular season is horseshit quote. And he can he, he can give these guys a dose of perspective to be like, you know what? Come out every day and give it everything you have. So when you're done, whenever the game is taken away from you, you don't have the regrets of, geez, I wish I had tried harder. I wish I had focused more, you know, in that fourth season, that fifth season. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100% on that part of it. I think his contributions for however long they last, and I, I'm open to it being more than just 10 days or even 20 days if there's a second hardship needed. Um because I think there is a potential where the reality is on NBA teams, if you're counting on anything on the floor from your 15th to 17th man, counting in the two-way players, you're probably not a very good team. That's just reality is that. So if they look at it and say, man, he's been a great influence on our, our young guys, and I include Tatum and Brown in that. They're, they're young guys. If it is he's huge here for us in the locker room, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks. If they say, you know what, we're going to keep him. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. It'd probably be Jabari Parker. Just contractually, it's the one that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. But I think where my point was, and I think this got lost a little bit on Twitter, which huge surprise and shock, right? <laughs> the, you know, nuance what? got lost on there. This interpreted yes. on Twitter? The hell is it? Right? Was I had people saying like, man, this is awesome. This guy's going to come in and do this and this and this. And I was like, he's 40. Hasn't mm -hmm. played in the league in like four years. Like, don't don't do that. Don't put those expectations on he's going to be great. Because when you do that, the only one you're going to do is let yourself down with this. Like, you you, you don't want to be there in that that world of man. I thought he was going to come in and score 10, 10 points a game and play twenty minutes a night and hit all these shots and all this stuff. Because that's that's just crazy. I mean, and, and I'm with you. I tend to be positive and optimistic, uh, probably more than I should be, especially when it comes to, to uh, basketball in general. But if you could take it as this guy's going to be a good influence on the younger players and it's just going to be fun. hundred percent. Let's have fun with it. Last night was fun. Mm -hmm. This team needed to have some fun. They needed to get wins, but they needed to have fun too. 
in those wins. I think it was that this is big. And that thing, when you get a win like that and everybody's feeling good and everybody's having some laughs, that can carry for, you know, a few days and see, see where it goes. But my thing with Joe Johnson is if what we get is six months from now, a year from now, whatever it is, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown telling us stories about, yeah, when we had Joe Johnson for that couple weeks, months, half a season, it was so big because I learned this from him or I learned that from him and I learned this, then it was all worth it, you know, with without a doubt, no questions at all. This was never going to be bad. It was never going to be something where this was, what a ridiculous signing this was and all this. And I get it with the people who are like, why aren't they taking a younger guy? Well, the young guys on the team already don't play enough. Like, <laughs> you, you want another one? And I think Ime Udoka was very honest when he said, we don't need any more projects. And what I was told talking to people was, they liked the idea of Joe Johnson and CJ Miles because they get it. They get what right. this is. This is not a come in, fly all over the place, bang into guys in practice, do all this stuff because you're trying to earn your spot in the league. They get it. They, the Celtics don't need that right now. Orlando, where I live, they need that. They're in the diamond mining process. They should be looking for guys who could pop and be a part of the roster and all those things. But yeah, I, I think the Joe Johnson you know, addition is it's one of those that I think could pay off huge. And again, wouldn't shock me if it lasts beyond, you know, into next week. If they really say, well, you know, we've really felt good about having this guy here. Players really like having him along. Cause again, 15th guy on the roster probably doesn't really matter. I mean, look at the Miami heat. They've had Udonis Haslam for a decade, almost now, <laughs> beyond his usefulness as a basketball player because of what he means in the locker room. And people say, well, they should hire him as a coach. We all got excited about Evan Turner, but it's just different. You know, you played. It's different. The coaches aren't the ones going out to the dinners with the players in the locker room before and after the game, right. hanging out. They're not the ones doing the shooting contests where it's it's not as much about the shooting contests as it is. Hey, let's talk about you know you up a little late last night. You know, you eating right. You doing these things. They're not the ones necessarily having those conversations. It just goes further when it's a player, and then when the you know uh, famous players only meetings happen. Coaches right. aren't in them. You know, guy like Haslam, right. a guy like Joe Johnson, their word carries so far because they've been there, done that, especially with these guys who are still looking for and trying to figure out and find their place in the league. Back for more with Keith in uh, just a minute here to wrap up the show. First, Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football is starting to wrap up. In college, it's bowl season. In the pros, it's the playoffs coming up. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action. Head on over to Bet Online on the web on your mobile device. Sign up and get a 50% welcome to bonus on your first deposit. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. Use that promo code to get 50-50-50% extra on whatever your first deposit is. From basketball to football, all your favorite sports, all your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers. This season available at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. I, I always compare it to the 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 person at just work, whatever wherever people you're listening, wherever you work, um, a a person that you go out for beers with, um, somebody that you consider a friend at work, and that person gets a promotion to. <laughs> yep. And all of a sudden things change just the, the, the smidge. And, you know, that person, like 
all of a sudden that person has to approve your vacation time and you go, Hey, you know, I, I forgot to put something in and can you, can you just give me this week off? And they'd be like, uh, sorry, I already gave this other person this week off. And you'd be like, Oh, come on. And they say like, no, you can't. And like, now you're like, Oh damn, this person's like legit <laughs> management. And I, yep. it's not the same. We, we can't go out for beers the same way anymore because it seems inappropriate now. And like that dynamic is the exact same thing that happens when a coach, when, when a player turns into a coach, because now, like you said, that player Haslam would go into the coaches meetings and that player, that, that guy's not in the locker room and doesn't hear that stuff and, and can't pull a guy aside who he sees, you know, in the corner of the locker room that might be like down or yep. always looking at his phone. He never used to look at his phone before. Like, Hey, I noticed you're looking at your phone a lot, man. What's going on? Is everything okay? Is you, whatever. Like that, toward, that type of mentorship is important. And, and yeah, so I can, I can see uh, Joe Johnson kind of, kind of morphing into that for sure. And, and I don't know that Jabari Parker isn't doing that, sure. um, but I can see, I can see that, that need for an extra voice like that when, you know, in this locker room, Jalen Brown said it after the game and, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad he was able to clarify a little bit. So it didn't sound like the first time he answered that question, it sounded like he was almost like calling out his team saying like, Oh, we need that maturity. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, no, no. I mean, like we just need like any extra voice that we have is, is a good one. And I'm like, okay, that's that, that I feel like bringing Joe Johnson in for that. It, it will be helpful. I thought it was interesting that Schroeder was one of the guys that he had the one-on-one -on -one conversations with earlier, considering that Schroeder, you know, was trying to figure himself out and, and is bouncing around the league. So let's, let's shift into the Schroeder talk. And, and since, you know, we always, we always end up talking about trades and stuff. Um, the Celtics are potentially, I think, I think everybody's expecting them to at least listen. Um, I don't know, maybe even shop. Schroeder, I think they should. Uh, just from your kind of like keeping a tabs on the league, I don't know if there's any. I think I feel like honestly, like with COVID and all these emergency contracts and stuff, all this other stuff kind of went by the wayside. Every everybody's like, "Hey, hold on, yes, yes, we'll talk about Dennis Schroeder." <laughs> uh, I got half my team in protocols. Let me get back to you after I raid the G League showcase. But uh, as we get a sense of the league. Everybody wants to gauge how likely is it that the Celtics can move Schroeder? How, what are they going to get? Is it going to be a player? Is it going to be a, a, a second or two seconds or something like that? Do you have any added sense on what that market might be? No, it's, it's, it's difficult right now because I talked with a couple different front office people uh, this week and they were like, man, like the G League showcase was supposed to be all of us together, kind of sit down starting the trade process really because we're all there together it's just easier when you're in person it's just yeah. you know it's, it's just quicker than text or you know phone calls or anything else and one of the things that they said is it wasn't none of that happened it was all man we got to get this guy here who's out this week you know was it an actual positive is it contact tracing is it 10 days is he vaccinated is he not it was just such a mess and these guys were you know all right hey we got this guy who wants to come to us and i had one team tell tell me we thought we had a guy lined up to come in on a hardship and then we found out he's actually on a plane to another city entirely because it's just 
it was a better opportunity for him. And it's just the way it was working. So none of that's really happened. So it, to your point of trade talk, trade window opened, we went right into this COVID mess and everything now is kind of, you know, slowed down probably till reality is another week or so after the holidays. But when it comes to Schroeder, 100% Celtics are listening. I don't want to say they're shopping him because I don't think they are, but I think they're open to, hey, you need a point guard? We get a point guard, very you know easily movable contract. Anybody in the league can trade for Dennis Schroeder because his contract number is so low. Because the Celtics went into this with, this is a one-year relationship. This is a very much a marriage of convenience. We need a point guard. You need a home. We have six million bucks. Let's go. And there, there they did. They, they went off and they did it. The reality is the max they can pay him next year, barring major roster changes, is just over $7 million. That's probably not enough. And I know people are saying, well, that's what he thought last year too. Well, but it is a different year and different things will emerge and some team will need a point guard, much like the Celtics did. And I think, again, I said it earlier, is you got to start weighing how different are we without him as far as the record goes. Are we going to win more, win less? You know, What's that going to look like? So I think what happens ultimately with Dennis Schroeder is he's a decent trade piece on his own. You're not getting a major return. You're not getting a star player back. Maybe you get a young player that needs a change of scenery back in a trade. Maybe you get a, maybe if a team gets super desperate and it's trade deadline day, you get a top 20 protected first round pick because that team just has to have a point guard or their season's going to go off the rails. Maybe you get two second round picks, something like that. Or the other thing is $6 million, put that with Wancho's $7 million, uh, throw in, you know, uh, Guys, now the name's slipping my or all right. So those two, there's 13. Josh Richardson has played pretty good. What if you throw in his 11 million? Now all of a sudden you're up over 20 million dollars in matching salary, and that gets you in the market for anybody who becomes available. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the Celtics are weighing. I don't think there's anything we all get super fired up. Trade windows open, it's December 15th. Yay. <sighs> there's been like one in the last 15 years right. that's happened that day. The reality is, I think all along it's been we can play this all the way out until. 250 on uh, February 10th, 10 minutes to go on the deadline. And then we can make our move and see what materializes in. Cause there's just no need right now to, to have to make those moves. That said, I think Brad is open and willing. We've seen he's already made a whole bunch of moves uh, just in a very, you know, it sounds weird to say it, but in six months leading this team, He's made a huge trade with the Kemba for Horford trade. He made the Richardson trade. He's made other moves. He's done a lot of stuff in a very you know short period of time. And I think that's what we see with, I think he also, maybe more than Danny Ainge understands, I got to support my coach. I got to give him the pieces he needs to right. make this happen because otherwise it's going to be the same thing I had where we're pretty good, but we're not quite good enough. And I think he comes with a slightly different perspective of, if there's a deal to be made, and yeah, maybe it leaves us a little bit weaker three years from now, all right, I'm doing it because I want to win right now. I want to have my coach. I don't think he's going to make win-now trades as far as, you know, I'm trading these three guys and all the draft picks and everything under the sun. That's not going to happen. But I think he'll be a little bit more aggressive and open to moves that are uh, not necessarily um, doing something that's a marginal upgrade now, but I also added this pick and I added this and I added this and I added this because that keeps us, you know, really stocked for the next four years. I think it might be, this helps us right now. We'll deal with two years from now, two years from now. Such an interesting dynamic going on here. Um, 
I, I like the idea of guys earning their playing time. I also understand the, the idea of you've got to maximize Schroeder's trade value. So you can't just go flat out bench him. The past few games have been bad for him. And I think you might be able to excuse it away as uh, the the non-COVID illness, whatever it is. Uh, I've, like I've been saying, if he's sick, sit him down. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I would anticipate what you said as far as, is there a way to package these guys at least, you know, two or three, you know, even, even freedom could, could be, you know, sure. freedom for sale. I can't <laughs> help like these like puns, yeah, uh, you know, just, like these, yeah, it's too easy, too easy. <laughs> um, but you, you can package these guys and somebody there's going to be an injury or a pivot or something where somebody becomes available and you go, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And, and maybe the pieces that you have will be enough. I feel like, I feel like Brad is going to have a, uh, a team somewhere where he's like, okay, we, I can give you Schroeder for this. I'm working on something else. Don't make another move without, you know, if you're going to go with another point guard, let me know. Cause I'll pull the trigger. Like if you're, if your top choice is Schroeder, I get it. And I'll let you know if I'm going a different direction, I've got this. If that doesn't work out, Schroeder's yours. And that kind of like juggling a little bit. If that one thing doesn't pan out, you do. I think you do have to get rid of Schroeder. I think if Schroeder ends the season on this team, then I, I don't think it's worth, I, I think it's a mistake. Um, the, the only counter I'll have to that is let's say they come out of the, they come into the new year and they start ripping off wins left and right. And they're playing great. And you get to the trade deadline and it's like, man, we are rolling. We feel like we're right there. Cause this season clearly it's, it's a weird season. I don't think anybody should feel great about, you know, saying, well, come on, it's the Nets or the Bucks are coming out because who knows what the Nets and Bucks will even be by the right. time we get to right. get to May and June. So I think think if you're feeling like, man, we're playing really well, because the reality is I think we're lost because they're 500. They're like three games out of home court advantage. Like that's, you know, crazy. Sure. So I, th- I think that's the only time I would say, all right, I get it. Now, if you're only doing that on a hope and a prayer, that's not good enough. No, move them because whatever minor asset you get back is is better than losing them for nothing this offseason. You also have the benefit of then you get a couple months of Peyton Pritchard. This backup job is yours. Boy, let's let's see what you got, kid, because yep. we're gonna we're gonna start to really figure this out the rest of the way. And my my point has been, I wrote this for Celtics blog. I've said this before: is how much changes? How how different do you really look record wise if you run with Peyton Pritchard over Dennis Schroeder? I don't think it's all that different. I think it's probably going to look pretty similar to what it is. I will also say the one thing I'll say with Schroeder too is I think last night might have sparked the beginning of the end of if one of the starters is out, he's automatically slides up. Oh yeah, I, I hope so. I, yeah, I think he may was like, yeah, we're done with this, and it worked out pretty good. So I still think Horford starts when he gets back. I, I, I don't think he's going to put him on the bench. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think you're going to see Williams, Horford, Brown, Tatum, and Smart. 
But I think if one of those guys is out, which we know Al's going to be out here and there the rest mm-hmm. of the way, and probably Rob, too, just being realistic with his injury history, I don't think it's automatic anymore that Schroeder gets the start. And I think he might have started to figure out a little bit of, all right, if I can really get Schroeder attacking downhill and play Pritchard solely as this floor spacer with a couple other athletes out there, this might start to work a little. Maybe we see him. He's been very reluctant to expand the rotation beyond nine. Uh, and it's really only eight because that ninth guy only gets about a couple minutes each half. I think we might see him say, all right, I got to go to 10. I, I got to get Grant Williams has earned his role. I got to get Langford, Neesmith minutes. I got to play them because of those three bigs. I can play, slide Tatum up. I can do some different stuff. And then if we really need a you know another big in the rotation, I've got freedom that I can throw in. I think, again, just to go back to it, I think he's really discovered some stuff here in the last uh, couple weeks out of necessity of, all right, these guys need to play because they, they, they just have to, at some point you got to figure out what you got and it's, it's there, you know, and of course you got Richardson in there, but yeah, I think, I think this roster is more built than it has been at any point over the past few years to take two, three guys do a two through two or three for one trade to go get somebody who can actually come in and make a difference on this team and be, you know, pr- pretty good and then, you know, move, move things forward in a way we haven't seen them do in the last couple of years. And you, you said it too, someone's going to become available that we're not expecting. Yeah. Uh, you, there's so much, there, there's so much that's still in flux. And I I mean, I guess that's good for me. That's good for us. Because <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, the, 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 I'm happy that they're going to get away. It seems from starting Schroeder and smart together. I think that's just going to be, that's better for everybody. That's just better for everybody. Um, and hopefully that continues. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll just continue to watch it. I guess that's our jobs, right? <laughs> that's our job. Yep. Um, the trade. I, I think on that and, point too, I am trying to, we talked about this before, like, we both tend to be more positive because we live possibilities. I, I am. A, I, I read this term the other day, and I think it describes me. I'm, I'm an opti-realist, which means I'm yeah. optimistic, but I'm also realistic. Um, and I th- think that really does just describe me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying and failing to not fight with people on Twitter all the time that are just going to be mad all the time. But there's a little bit to me of like last night, people are being nitpicking it's like just enjoy it it was fun like this team hasn't been fun so many times this this year and you've had reason to actually be mad like just enjoy this one now this one was a fun one i you know we get get it because i don't know i mean i I pulled a ton of clips for celtics blog in my article today and i wrote a whole bunch of stuff and all these things because for me it was i don't know when the next time i'm going to be able to pull a whole bunch of fun clips and show all this fun (laughs) stuff because it hasn't happened regularly so i'm going to take the opportunity and and the reality is you know what i i've kind of right now they're a 500 team doesn't mean they're going to always be a 500 team maybe they'll get better but for right now i'm gonna just i'm not gonna let the wins get me overly fired up and oh my god here it comes banner 18 and i'm also not every loss means blow this thing up and go into the lottery it's you know it's just they're 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 there they're playing and we're gonna keep learning and figuring it out and and there are signs if you want to look for them that it's 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 getting better you may start to figure some stuff out rotation wise lineup wise i think that's that's going to continue and and for that reason i think again 
after the first of the year, come back and yell at me and tell me I was an idiot and I'm wrong. <laughs> if they're still, you know, bad and you know, play in team by uh, you know, the end of the season. But I really do. I think a better second half is coming for this team. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, I mean, I, I do think the January schedule is, I mean, we, we looked at that December schedule and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> January is Orlando. Like Orlando, the Spurs, the Knicks twice, Indy twice, Philly, Chicago, Pelicans, Charlotte, Portland, Washington, Sacramento, Atlanta, New Orleans, Miami. A lot of winnable games in there. A lot of winnable games. Theoretically, hopefully, um, there is uh, everyone's coming out of protocol soon. Theoretically, hopefully, full squad, a little more continuity. We get to see maybe they get fat on some of the uh, on some of this week schedule. And you come out, you go into the uh, All Star break with a, a decent record. We'll see. We'll, that that's optimism for you. That's optimism for you. And I'm optimistically gonna say, we'll see you again next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have you back next time when the Celtics are one game above 500. Or something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, thanks to Keith. Really appreciate him coming on every once in a while. Add some great perspective. Not doing a show after the Christmas Day game unless something completely crazy goes on, but I'm going to take Christmas off. So uh, I'll be back on Monday. It's a Monday through Friday show. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed. If you're new, if you're one of Keith's followers and you say, oh, this is pretty good. Great. Subscribe to the show. Hopefully you make it your first listen every day. Watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe there and get notified when new videos drop. And if you are a subscriber, hey, when you get together for the holidays here with your family, with your friends, tell them that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.